Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. We are going to be on episode number 28. And today we're going to be talking with Chill, I think one of um, the most outspoken guild masters, I think, around. Um, I, I would definitely put him up there with gluttony for sure um, in terms of just a large guild presence, you know, excellence with PVM, with completing, you know, a ton of content on, uh, you know, a lot of different shards. So I think this is going to be, um, <laughs> it's probably going to be controversial, I think. But um, I do, I, I kind of wanted, like, his voice to be heard because I wanted to know more really about Chill, what makes him the way he is, how does he you know, lead a guild, and then kind of, you know, some of his experiences, and I'll be honest, you know, not all of his experiences are great, and that's okay, um, you know, the goal of this podcast to me is to give everyone a voice, right, and record UO history and stories, and as uh, I'll say, um, the last episode um, it, it was uh, met with some some mixed review, and that's okay. I, I kind of expected that. But, you know, not all the stories, experiences are going to be sunshine and rainbows, right? It's not all going to be, oh, I went and killed, you know, a demon every day for 15 years, and it was great. Never had an issue. That's just not the reality, right? And, and I think, too, that whether it's uh, free shards, um, OSI... Uh, I call it OSI still, uh, but any of those, right? There, we're gonna have issues. There is a dark underbelly. There are exploits. There are hacks. There are things that go on that the you know average player, right, would would not understand, and or just won't even know about, right? Um, you know, just for instance, you know, like Outlands does have, you know, a black market. That exists, you know, I mean, there's there's things, I think it's a bit naive, right, for people to think that these things would not exist on any platform, game, whatever. Because if you guys have listened since the beginning of the podcast, right, we know uh, people <laughs> will exploit, will do everything they can to exploit something or to get an edge um, so that's kind of you know something I wanted you know to get out there as well and I realize this is you know <laughs> it may not paint you know um, outlands that's what, uh, that's what it's about at the end in a really positive light but just to give you guys a little bit of the other side I still play outlands today I enjoy my time um, you know, of course, there's pros and cons to everything, but the reality is, you know, that's where I play at the moment. So take it with a grain of salt. I still think the conversation is really fascinating. Um, it's one of the few, you know, chances we get to talk to a leader with which had, you know, I mean, damn near 500 people at one time in it. And that cleared most of the Outlands content at the beginning. So um, please enjoy this. Um, I, I sincerely appreciate your guys' emails, your support. I read every single one, and I do reply to them. Um, and I've met some incredible 
people just through doing this podcast that I would have no idea right about or any of their experiences. So please keep sending to me. If you have any leads on anyone to talk to, please let me know. Um, after I post this one, I am recording another one back to back. I have another, uh, this guy is a guest from the old school. When I say old school, like, I mean, like, uh, the only hint I'll give is I'm pretty sure he was in some famous comics back in the day for UL. I'm almost certain of that. But uh, that's the only hint I'm going to give you. Please uh, sit down and enjoy this, and uh, we'll catch you all next time. All right, guys. Uh, tonight, I am sitting down with the one and only Chill. And uh, first of all, Chill, thank you for sitting down with me. I know scheduling has been crazy, but I sincerely thank you, man. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so we're going to get right into kind of the first question and one that I have, because I'm going to preface this with, I know a little bit about you, but you know, you pardon my ignorance. So you're gonna have to fill in a lot of the blanks. I don't know your full story. I don't know the full LOD story. So as much as, you know, I'm a host, I'm actually this, I'm going to be in a listener mode too, where I'm very interested to hear about this. So I want to make sure everyone kind of knows where I'm coming from. Um, so where did your name come about chill? Where does this come from? So, um, I think it, for whatever reason, I think I had my Ultima online name before I had a AOL name oh, wow. and yeah, it was just, I was just thinking of names, you know, when you sit down and make your first name, um, when you're creating a character and I wanted to be something really cool, you know what I mean? Like something, course, something yeah. old. And so, you know, I was like, chill. And you know, I typed it in. I guess I was the first person to have it because I got the name. And as far as I know, there's not really been any other chills. So I've kind of been blessed in that aspect, too. Right. Nobody's came around and doppelganged me, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that we know of, right? <laughs> that's And that's a real thing, too, dude. I mean, there's so many servers. But the fact that I was able to get that name, and you know, that's original name from OSI, you know, 98. So. And I'll, cool. I'll say one of the toughest things is creating a damn character naming it. Like, it, it's very difficult, I think, at least. <laughs> yeah, so so anyways, dude, so I named this uh, character Chill. And I, so I make a um, an AIM, an AOL Instant Messenger username. Yeah. And I try to go for something cold, too. So I, I do, like, you know, cool dog, blah, 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 <laughs> some years, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they're all, they're all taken. So anyways, I had to go with the suggested name. And it was, like, cold something or another. And it wasn't nearly as, as cool as I thought it was, but I've kept that same A1 semester. I use the uh, the email now to this day, wow. but it is a little bit funny that, you know, that kind of plugs into my UO name too. So for everyone that's listening that may be younger, which, which you know, we'll see, but uh, we'll date ourselves here. Back in the day, right, AOL, everyone's name, I swear to you, was like XX, you know, Sniper God, XX. <laughs> 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 that no, was, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was terrible back in the day um so when you created this uh what is your age range are we like a young punk kid or what, what like how old are you i think so i think i'm like around i don't know when i first when i first made it i was probably you know a teenager Perfect. probably going yeah probably like 14 15 and i had a friend a real life friend that um was a neighbor 
And, you know, we would actually uh, play. It, it was tough because you couldn't be on the phone at the same time you were playing with a friend. <laughs> yeah. So you have to call them and be like, hey, do you want to play in 20, 30 minutes? Cool. What OSI server are you getting on? And you'd be like, oh, I'm on Atlantic or I'm getting on AOL Legends. Or, hey, let's just mess around on test. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so it was one of those deals where, um, you know, you couldn't call each other while you're playing. Now, it gets worse than that. You know, I had a, a grandma who liked to check in on me a lot. So I had a lot of interrupted gameplay. And my buddy actually had this program called Call Wave, which would allow – it was like an answering machine that allowed oh, yeah. you not to get disconnected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was the coolest thing, dude. He had cable and Call Wave, and I was just very envious of him, you know. Oh, my gosh. Dude, Call Wave. Remember they used to sell – was that like a dongle that you put on the phone line or something? Yeah. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, yeah, I think you're oh, right. Oh wow, yeah, that's that's like dust just came off my brain. I have not <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> I remember Callway, and I think there was even, gosh, an infomercial. There was a few of them that would, yeah, advertise. Oh, yeah, yeah that, no, wow. you're right, dude. Sure. <laughs> okay, so you picked. So I, I heard you. You said Atlantic. Uh, so was Atlantic and AOL Legends those two the ones you guys picked or what? We played uh, three um, before we moved to free servers. We played Atlantic, we played AOL Legends, and we played um, Test Center. Okay. You know, I, I was chill. Actually, here were my usernames. I was chill, triple X, and horny monkey. Those are my three <laughs> usernames that I picked. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, uh, you know, we didn't have, like, too much time. We were very active kids you know, right. around the neighborhood or whatever. But, um, you know, we played uh, – we try to play every day, um, you know, but the, it was sporadic. And so, you know, we weren't necessarily power gamers. I don't, I don't think too many people were power gamers until Cable came out like a, maybe two, three years later. You know, right. Cable was really big. But. And what kind of character, like, you know, explain to me, you, you log in. What are you trying to do in the game? What kind of interested oh, you? So here's – I was all about questing, man. You know what I mean? I like okay. to party people. And, you know, make up these scenarios where, hey, we need to go to Quest. And, you know, as I got older, maybe my interest got a little bit darker. I then kind of was kind of a little bit of a cheese dick. You know, I like to uh, take new new players into dungeons. Yeah. And, like, I would try to, like, be a helpful guy. I would take them to dungeons and say, hey, you need to farm here. And uh, I'd actually come back after, like, an hour they farmed. And I'd PK him for all the gold he just made. <laughs> the classic. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So that very early on, and I think too, for everyone listening, and this kind of almost tying into my last episode, I will say there's a different mindset when you are a punk kid. Uh, at least it was for me as well. Because I, I remember doing some pretty, you know, like I would join a guild, wait a week, and then I'd kill everyone at the bank, AFK, and take all their <laughs> armor, right? <laughs> just, you know, just real kind of dickhead things to do. So, okay. And so as you started doing this, you know, did you ever get into like the PvP scene, killing people, at, you know, just for sport or what? So, I mean, when you played Ultima Online, um, especially back then, you know, you were thrust into some PvP situations. Yeah, consensual or non-consensual. You <laughs> right. know what I mean, sometimes you know shit would just go down. Um, and I'll tell you, I certainly have an aversion for poison dexters. That's like you wake up sweaty with nightmares about <laughs> yeah. poison dexters. You know, back in the day. But I mean, dude, there was so 
overpowered. He was knocks everything, man. And right. Um, but yeah, eventually, uh, I think you know, I really started to get to PvP. Um, you know, around two thousand, maybe okay. two thousand, and um, I think by then, you know, upgraded a cable and had more access to to play. Um, and so I started. I think like the first server that I really um, got into was was Test Center, man. You know, yeah. test a lot of mechanics there, and you know, started kind of lacing my boots up PvP wise. But um, I actually migrated pretty shortly after to free servers too. And uh, I PvP'd relentlessly on those because those had uh, easier. It was easier to make gold, easier to macro your, your skills up. Right. And, um, yeah, everything was easy on, on free servers. Well, I, I remember playing, uh, and I think this is my deep, profound obsession with macing, is I remember going on the test center. And if my memory serves me correctly, like you could set your skills, obviously, whatever, but the magic stuff you still had to farm for, like a vank. You couldn't like, you know, just create those in a command. You still had to farm for those. And I remember just, man, farming for like a vank, you know, Warhammer or whatever, and then just going buck wild on Test Center, killing everyone. That's some of my fondest oh, yeah. memories. Especially in factions. I mean, the vank, vank mace factioners were, it was a whole build. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the crushing blow. I mean, it was yeah. like there was nothing better. <laughs> But um, these guys, you know, they would run around and all you would see was punk deep, you know, P-U-N-K-T-E. Right. That's all you'd see would be like 213 and they're all you, – you click on their weapon. It's vank, some vank, you know, mace or whatever. But. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and I and I, I love Test Center. Like, And it's funny and I think there was a lot of people like me where I didn't and – and maybe because it was I was a kid, like I didn't conceptually understand, hey – you should test out builds because back then, and I think this is majority of people to your point, there was no min-max. There was not like, hey, I need to test this skill slightly if I add an extra 10 points. At least for me, there was none of that. Is that the same for you or what? Yeah, I mean, the cool thing about Test Center was, you know, you got to be, you know, rich and have all the resources and, and um, without any of the work that you would normally have to put in, on another server, you know what I mean? Right. It's like uh, if you could be king for a day, it's kind of what the test center felt like. Oh, yeah. And there were some massive, uh, at least I remember in the graveyard, because I had a house near the graveyard, there were massive PvP battles like every night. You know, we're talking like 50 people running around the graveyard just going wild. You know? <laughs> I was I was always about the graveyard PvP. Those are some of my fondest PvP memories. Um, and a lot of people can't relate because I think free servers are a little bit different, but there wasn't as big of an obsession with the Brit Graveyard as there was in OSI. Yeah. On OSI, Brit Graveyard was the place. Yeah. That's the place you first go to train your character. Everyone's there. There's reasons to be there. People are PKing. You know, people, that's really the, the first place you go if you start out in Brit. You go to the graveyard. You work on some of your, you know, melee weapon skills. Yeah. Try to get a little gold, too, you know? Well, and, and it was, it made sense. It was just so close, right? Like, the town was right there. You know, so it just, I think people naturally gravitated towards that. And ever since, yeah, my test center days, like, I just, man, I, I love the brick graveyard. It's just, it is a very fond memory for me. So, okay, so let, let's fast forward a little bit. You're playing OSI. Did you ever on OSI, like, join a guild, create a guild or anything like that? 
on OSI, I don't think I um, started any guilds. Uh, I knew okay. I was a, a, a part of a couple, but to be honest, you know, they were so obscure, I don't remember the names. Right, sure. Well, I mean, and, and two, for everyone, you know, that remembers the old days, I mean, there was a million, like, people. And there was probably, you know, 10,000 guilds back then. I don't even know. Do you remember, Chill, the myuo.com where you could search, like, the guilds and the people? You could actually search your character. I think people forgot about that, too. Yeah, I actually don't think I ever ever checked that. Um, the only thing around that, the only website that I went to around that time um, was for a macro tool called UO Loop. And at the yeah. time, it, went, it ranged from F1 to F12. And it's really the, the first macro tool you could have outside of the client. Right. And so that was really the only website I went to was to get an updated version of that. Yeah, no, that makes well, and and I brought this up uh, to a couple of free shard owners about that. You know, hey, it'd be cool to like you know post some of these statistics online because back then you could go to my UO and it would, and I could have sworn it would tell you the top murderers, the top like the guild members too. It was really cool. Like it was just something different. I've never, I haven't really seen another MMO do that again. Um, but yeah, that, that was definitely something I, I do remember. So, okay, so you when did you stop playing OSI? Like what like release or publish was it? Do you remember? Like So it was I know it was before AOS. Um, okay. I couldn't I couldn't stand AOS. I really couldn't, dude. Yep. And and the, it seems like the expansions got worse and worse after that. Um so let's see, right around maybe two thousand, two thousand one, I um you know, my, my real life friend introduced me to, uh, uh, it was like a, at first it was websites and you'd have to go into your, you'd have to go into UO folder and you'd have to find your client, um, read me your, your client text file. Right. And you'd have to replace the actual IP address. Like instead of the OSI. Oh, that's so right. The INI it. file. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You'd have to go in there, replace it. You first you have to go to a website to see what the IP address is. Right. So you type in this this website, you know, maybe it'd be on Yahoo, maybe it wouldn't. <laughs> this is pre Google, right? Right. So you go on there, you might find a website and you'd have to copy and paste the IP address into the you know um, text document, and that's how you'd connect, right? Yeah. Now after that, like maybe a year later, six months later, um, a program called UO Gateway came out that was really a, a big deal because it, it was the first time that all free servers were listed in one place right. without having to edit that, that file every time. So I heard an interesting rumor, um, and this will probably be the, one of many we talk about tonight, but someone told me, I don't know if it's the original guy from UO Gateway, um, I don't remember who may, hell it may have been you. I don't know. Someone said though that UO Gateway is coming back. Apparently, that's what I heard. I don't know. Dude, if it's uh, true. I'd be I'd be glad for that man. I mean, that guy did everyone such a big favor back then. But um, you know, I'd heard something nefarious too a couple of years ago that um, you know, one server owner kind of had registered a lot of domains and was feeding all the traffic towards <laughs> yes. the servers. I think maybe that's what you're referring to. Maybe. I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't hear about that. I heard, and this is my personal opinion, after a while, UO Gateway just lost its, I would say, credibility because, yeah, it seemed like the numbers were just kind of like fudged. Because if, if I recall, it, it would tell you how many players were on the free shard, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, like, right. I think it was the average though. It was like a, like a yeah. weekly average maybe. I call it like, you know, well, hell, I'll call it now the common core math, right? It didn't really make sense. <laughs> However, that was calculated, right? It kind of seemed like servers that were much like lower population would somehow be on the top rankings when you actually logged into the server, you're like, there's like five people playing, right? <laughs> it just seemed seemed kind of odd to me. But I don't know whether that's true or not, but I think uh, I, the fact remains it was a very important tool back then because, I mean, hell, the idea of a UO launcher on a free shard, which is crazy that it took so long for you know a shard to do this, but um, that sure. was still a obscure thing you had to go into the you know your file and and i remember uh man when i played hybrid getting set up on hybrid and classic uo dude it was it was a nightmare i'm like this is ridiculous like and i work in it <laughs> and this is like way harder than it needs to be you know yeah no another thing that um i think a lot of people don't realize back in the day is that it also had downtime percentage and like no server really was above 85% downtime. I mean, yeah. there was significant downtime. Imagine playing a server like Outlands, and it's regular for the server to go down for one or two days. You know what yeah. I mean? And you you contact the ad on ICQ or AIM, and you'd be like, hey, man, what's going on? I'd be like, hey, dude, my mom got pissed off at me, and, you know, she pulled the plug. Or <laughs> my, girl, my girlfriend got pissed off, and, you know, she told me I had to go to the beach with her and shut everything down, or my, <laughs> yeah. you know, there was a storm and knocked the power out when I was on vacation. Right. So that was a real thing, dude. We have, it, we have it so nice now for free servers. Oh, I know. I think there is a level of being spoiled where it's like, yeah, I don't even think about downtime. Like, I mean, you look at, you know, some of these shit, like it goes down for 30 minutes and people are losing their damn minds. You know, it, it's just crazy how far, you know, we've come. So, okay. So we talked about your kind of about the UO gateway. So what was the first like free shard that you found and how did you kind of find it after OSI? Okay. So, um, man, there were so many, um, so when I first started playing, there were, I think, there were two or three different kinds of emulators. Sphere, Wolfpack, and there was another one that I, I can't think of the top of my head. But um, this is pre-Run UO. Okay. Uh, and when, when Run UO comes out, it absolutely revolutionizes um, the Free Shard community. Now, I think I, the first server I played was a Sphere server. Uh, my, my friend was actually staffed there, and... Um, one thing you couldn't do on OSI test center and also on the servers was staff somewhere. Right. So when these emulators came out, if you had any, you know, if you had any dream of having ultimate power, you know, um, you wanted to staff somewhere. So he was staff and he recommended it to me, it was called legends of darkness. Okay. Um, and it, it would have three renditions. It was fairly popular. I mean, it was maybe top 10 most popular at that point in time. The, the free shard population servers, I mean, it was kind of pitiful. I mean, most right. players were still in OSI when the first free servers came out. Um, but I think it was Sphere. I think you could run what you casted. Um, I believe it was T2A. Okay. Um, you know, a lot it, back then it was popular. You could actually, in some servers, you actually have your weapons equipped while you cast it too. Oh, wow. That was okay. another weird thing. So, like, if you see, if you saw people cast with shields on, that was like that was not a big deal. You'd been like, uh, oh, you know, 
that would have been just a normal everyday thing. Right. But that was a Moon Globe based server, and it holds a very special place in my heart for nostalgia reasons. You know, I just um, oh yeah, I love the Moon Globe field. Dude, I I was a big sucker for Moon Globe based servers because that server. Oh no, for sure, and and I think. I mean, gosh, yeah. My, I mean, my first server was, was hybrid for the free shards because it was after the AOS came out. Pub, Pub 16 released, and I tried AOS for like, I don't know, man, a couple months, and I'm like, this just sucks. The items change. Like, I just – and I think, too, this is my opinion, is back then, it, there was, it was harder to find information. And what I mean by that, oh, yeah. like – you know, like AOS, it was confusing as hell, man. It was like all of a sudden now there's 18 stats on a sword. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't know. What the hell is that all mean? You know what I'm saying? Like it was just it – was, it was really hard to understand like what they were doing compared to now at least. Um, Dude, they had a lot of spells. They So they introduced um, – their paladin spells. Yeah. They were necromancer spells. And they weren't just like a couple. There were quite a few. So – you have 64 spells as a mage, and then they add something like, I don't know, I'm just going to take a, a random number, like, like 13 necromancer spells. Right. There would be a paladin, something comparable to that, too. So you're right, there was a, a lot of, of other spells, you know, and at that point in time, um, for me at least, you know, I was sitting there, you know, trying to get my 5X skills, my majory skills, you know, really trying to, you know, go up a, a PvP tier or like a, you know. Right. Like a, yeah, I'm trying to get a little <laughs> bit better. Oh, yeah. No, I know, yeah. And I think that that's a huge thing. It's just like, it, and I feel like I was, you know, a very old-time player mentally because I just was like, this is... And, and what I thought, and I still say this to this day, it it made UO into like a Diablo kind of loot game. Because I, I, I remember for some reason Diablo was very popular back then. And I'm like, I already have this in Diablo, right? Where I have like... A hundred different items, you know, or whatever, right? Stats and all that crap, which is cool. But I'm like, I didn't really want that in UO. I don't know. That's me. Sucker for any Blizzard game. I, I played um, any and all Blizzard games. And, um, you know, I took a big break from Ultima to play Warcraft 3. Yeah. Um, the, custom, the custom maps. So, yeah, I, I've been a Blizzard guy for a long time, too. But I think Warcraft 3 is my second love. And, of course, that, you know, had the famous offspring of Dota as well. Right. Oh, yeah. No, it was revolutionized, I think, that kind of, you know, genre of games for sure. Um, so, okay, so moving on from your first free shard, what is, you know, what came after that? All right. So um, Legends of Darkness, um, Moonglow-based. Um, another famous player actually played there with me, Big Cheese, um, famous Dueler, well known on hybrid. I've heard, I've uh, heard this name before. Yeah, yeah. He was an exploit extraordinaire. Um, okay, you know, very very good coder as well. But he's a well known in PvP scene. I played with him and his brother, and I would later find out that um, his brother's account was uh, his his character name was called Vilord V I L O R D. Okay, and so um, you know you know fast forward to Outlands or you know 2018. Came full circle when Big Cheese was in, you know, the LOD guild. Wow. And, you know, I could sit there and say, wow, you know, he's been in the guild for, I don't know, 17, 18 years. <laughs> yeah. We, we played together from, from back then. But, you know, um, there were other players that I had on my aim list that I've still played together um, to this day or 
you know, aims down now, but um, one of them, you know, is a, another guy from uh, UOF, Stone Southern. Uh, I was okay. friends with Pax, Pax Remain. His aim was Champ Z. I uh, was friends <laughs> with him on AOL and some Messenger for a long time, dude. So, you know, if, if I could do one thing, though, it would just be find some way to, to re, you know, get back in contact with my, you know, my entire aim list because so many guys I've lost, you know, contact with and touch yeah i went and made a reddit post i don't know like a while ago 10 years ago maybe and tried to get a hold of those people but you know i think some people have quit you forever and that's kind of a shame yeah i think it, you know and I, it was weird talking about aim and like you know we're in, we're in the discord age now right but i mean something about aim and like for everyone that's not aware like aim was pretty much a big deal because of the offline messaging similar to ICQ, but aim was like the sexier, you know, cooler hip kind of program. In my opinion, I don't know. Is that, is that a good way to describe it? <laughs> yeah. So I had, I had two aims. I had aims for my, my school friends and I had to aim for my gaming buddies. You know right. what I mean? But yeah, you could simultaneously be talking about PKing a noob and also trying to get laid at the same time on different <laughs> on different AOL messenger accounts. So yeah, it was a little bit of a uh, like a sexier social thing. And I remember, and gosh, I'm I'm really gonna date you know myself here, um, but I remember having T-Mobile had this phone called the Sidekick. I don't know if you ever remember this, but it was like the first phone with like a a pop out keyboard kind of deal. Oh and, yeah, and, yep. that, and yeah, and I remember, man. I had aim on that thing and I don't, I mean, I just felt like a million bucks. Like, wow, I, I am on aim, like, you know, on my phone. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, dude, I, I had, um, I think like the first cell phone I got was like a Nokia. And the keep in mind, um, this is it's a funny thing. The only game on there was Snake. Yeah. I'm sure some people are familiar with Snake. But I mean, that is just how bad it was, how pixelated it was. Um, oh yeah, it funny, was, funny times. It was terrible. Um, so okay, so you've you've definitely played with a lot of you know of the heavy hitters. Um, so how did that evolve into you know kind of some of the more well known you know like free shards? All right. So um, you know, Legend of Darkness had three renditions: um, one, two, and three. Yeah. Uh, I took a break. Kind of played. Warcraft 3 simultaneously. Uh, I played um, UO Gamers. Uh, pretty much anything that UO Gamers put out, I, I more or less played. Um, in 2004, Angel Island came out, and I made a count there. I didn't really get into that until um, 2005, 2006. I started playing that server real heavily, and okay. um, that server was probably, at that point in time, um, it was based on Siege Perilous. That was a hardcore server. I mean, okay, so it's cool. based on Siege. That's the whole premise yes. of Angel. Okay, got it. Yep. So it's a hardcore server, which means there's less gold, and you can't sell things to the vendors. And not only that, the price everything's three times higher. So oh, okay. it's more, yeah, it's a little more grindy, but it's for a harder core crowd. You know, what I mean, it's less forgiving than some of the other servers for sure. And Tough could, players, good PvPers. And could you only have one character? Yeah, I think at the beginning it originally was one IP per account. Wow, um, okay. But, you know, I, actually I'm a supporter of that, 
And, you know, Outlands came up with the system to where they can do it by dungeon limiting IPs. But yeah. it really is just so much simpler if you just say, hey, one IP. And that's the way OSI was. I mean, people, you pay 20 bucks to get on, you know, for a month. And, you know, a lot of people didn't want to pay more than 20 for two accounts or whatever. So a lot of times, you know, you had your four, 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 you know, four or five characters on there. Right. Um, you know, so that, and you didn't have to worry about that because, you know, computers weren't that great either. You didn't have to worry about some yeah. dude with a supercomputer that's able to run 10 clients at the same time. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, I think it'd be an interesting concept to do one character like per IP, like kind of, cause I think siege and OSI was like that. You can use one character. So if you wanted to be like a thief, that's what you were. Like you hit, there was no other alt, you know? Yeah, dude, I, I support that as well, man. I do think that, you know, like I was saying earlier, we're so spoiled now in, in 2021. Um, the game has lost a bit of its bite. Um, I feel like just in general, the free server community is drifting towards Tremel. And yes. um, I'm going to blame Yo Outlands for that. I think they're the ones that's kind of shifting the, the paradigm towards Tremel. Shots fired. I, I kind of view Outlands as the like blizzard kind of deal. They are the corporate entity that has come in and give us, given us, you know, a, a pretty decent structure of their version of the game, right? I'll, I'll say that because I think everyone's creation <laughs> is just their kind of vision of it, right? It's not, you know, I'll just put air quotes, you know, everyone else's cup of tea, but I do think Outlands, and who knows, and this will be an interesting conversation, you know, is this why it's so successful? It, it does give, you know, blue players a lot more protections than we've ever seen, I think, in a free shard, is my opinion. Yeah, so they bow-tied it. So, um, you know, they start off, um, this is before Allen's a hit, they start off and they, they want to keep it, like, pretty fell, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they sell you on, they tell you these ideas, and later more or less all of the features that are fell are going to get changed. But at the beginning, you know, the guys that were on board, they're like, okay, this is going to be a fell shard. You know what I mean? Right. You can steal stuff. You know, you'll be able to kill the bank. You know, there's not going to be insured items. And as you go on, we were kind of sold a pipe dream. You know, like every week, you know, they take one little baby step closer to Tremel. And they have some – they have this following now – if they could only see how far they drifted to the, you know, to Tremel side of things with every little change, the red changes and the dungeons with making them, right. you know, fall so much. You can't fight anyone. The non-aggression timers, like two hours in a dungeon or whatever, um, not be able to bank bomb, you know, things of that nature. The fact that you have these huge PVM bonuses on this aspect armor, but you know, do you lose experience when you die? You know, does your armor and your aspect level, do you lose anything? No, that's all guaranteed. That's insured. So anytime you have yeah. this, you know, it, it's not tangible. Anytime you have something that some another player can't take or, you know, steal from you or it's not affected, that's when you get into, it feels like insurance. It feels like their whole aspect system is more or less item insurance and some high-end PVM gear. Well, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, one thing that, um, like, really, 
I've, n- I've never seen this before in UO, is bringing pack horses in a dungeon. You know, that's... Uh, <laughs> perhaps, it's pretty bold. Uh, well, I think maybe that says the state of, you know, the PVM versus... Well, the risk versus reward, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean... So, anyway, uh, so anyways, yeah. So, um, Angel Island, I played there from 06 to 09. I terrorized that server. I had pretty strong uh, grip hold on it. Um, I did mostly PKing, um, but I, you know, that was one of those the first times I was like a super power gamer. You know what I mean? Right. I had some free time. Um, was able to invest. You know, got my skills down, got my spell timings down. So I got a lot of good, you know, uh, PvP experience there. There were some really great PvPers in that server. Um, a lot of people don't realize. You know, it is on foot, um, but some of the all-time greats, you know, PvP on that server, um, you know, I don't think a lot of these guys could hold their ground with some of those guys. Um, you know, these new school PvPers with their alchemy pots and their scripts. Right. I mean, these guys couldn't hold a, you know, a, a candle to these other guys. The old school guys, man, the veterans grizzled, um, you know, they had all the, the timers down without all the script numbers popping on over top of people's heads. Um, I, I put my money on a, a veteran, an Angel Island veteran, before I put my money on um, any other PvP veteran in the server. I mean, that server just pumped out good PvPers like a factory. You know what I mean? So tough, tough PvPers. Explain for a lot of people that you know may not be familiar with Angel Island, because there's a lot of new people that have come into this space. What, you know... I- Hey guys, quick sponsored uh, commercial break here. Um, this podcast specifically is sponsored by Death Wish Coffee. I want y'all to head over deathwishcoffee.com. Use code Ultima Online. It's a special code that only is available for listeners of this podcast. It gets you a nice discount. Look, the fact is, I'm sure everyone drinks coffee. I know I do. I use this product. I've been using it for about three, four years now. I've been sipping Death Wish coffee. It is unbelievable. If you want to support me, you want to support this podcast, you believe in my vision, let me tell you, Death Wish is basically literally fueling me with coffee to pursue my passion, which is expanding this podcast as far as we can go. So please check them out. And honestly, give me some feedback. Let me know if you guys have tried it. I know I've gotten a couple people have already ordered stuff. Uh, Sincerely, thank you. But uh, thank you very much, guys. From 2004 until 2014, um, it was one IP, and those one IPs were it's like 321 single IPs. So if you do the math now, that'd be like close to a thousand. Yeah, they had a big population back then in the day. Um, You know, he was famous, and the website was GameMaster.net. I think. At least eleven thousand one hundred players, you know, came through and registered an account. Wow. I was reading the statistics on it, so it was kind of a, a big deal. But yeah. um, like, like I said earlier, at Siege Perilous rule set, um, you know, PVPers came there to grind their teeth. Um, they were also, you know, tamers and PVMers, and there was a lot of cool coding. I mean, keep in mind this was a, a professional coder, and at a time where you know, UO servers were run by amateurs. Oh, so, yeah. It, yeah it, you know, it was like a, a pit bull against puppies. Um, so Adam kind of cleaned up a little bit. Um, the only competition really being, um, 
you know, UO gamers. It was hybrid back then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So anyways, um, it went down in in 2014 and, you know, luckily for us, um, Adamant just came back and he's going to start another rendition of it now. Now, what do you, you know, explain to me too, because this is a, an interesting one. How does like, because I can't even conceptualize this because I played it when there was mounts. Like, how is the mountless PvP? Like, what, <laughs> what is that like? So, um, he was uh, an OSI player, um, and he was a stealther, dungeon stealther in the Dungeon Wind with a, a guild card, um, Guardians uh, Guardians of Undead Lords, or, or something of that to that effect. Okay. Um, and so, you know, he played a character that was on foot all the time, and so, um, at least for him, you know, it didn't really make sense that you could stealth on a horse. So, you know, when he'd stealth around, you know, people on horses, you know, could get away quickly. And what he came to realize, you know, being a Dexter too, is that, you know, when he tested it, the PvP actually seemed more enjoyable when it was on foot. Because back in the day, there was a ping disparity. You know, let's say if somebody's playing from the West Coast and the servers on the East Coast... The East Coast player, if he's a Dexter, is just going to run you down. Yeah. Or, you know, even for free servers, you get people playing, you know, from across the pond, and they would really be at a loss. Angel Island had a lot of uh, a Russian community um, and also some some guys from the United Kingdom okay. that played too. And it also attracted a, a fair number of Australians. And that's all because, um, you know, the ping was a lot more fair when you're on foot. Oh yeah, no, that makes sense. And so, and maybe you can uh, help better describe. Someone described to me Angel Island as like an RP kind of server. Is that true or not? So there are some aspects. Um, a lot of the RP groups that you see now today, you orcs. Um, there's an undead guild. Uh, there have been dwarf guilds. A lot of those guys like angel island because it has the classic uo feel right it's got the it's got the immersion of it being like a medieval server you know what i mean it's not like a hybrid or you know any other number of servers you you know ultimate line forever where you get these blaze orange neons or pure whites yeah you know it's a real eyesore you get this this pink that literally makes your irises burn you know what i mean yeah um it's a server that's got it's like a classic medieval server. So it's got the immersion. And that's something that I really enjoy about it is that when you're playing it, you can get immersed. It doesn't have the, you know, the QOL quality of life. Um, it doesn't have a lot of those, those things, but I think if anything that preserves the, like the classic OSI feeling that we, we all love, we all get the nostalgic fix when you play Angel Island. Yeah, because it's like when I've talked to um, Puck over in UO Renaissance, I mean, you could tell there's a immense passion, you know, for what they got going on in a similar, you know, way where they want to preserve that era, you know, and that's, that's you know, it. And I think there is something special, you know, about that for sure. So um, after Angel Island, I want, I want to kind of fast forward, once that's dead, you know, how did you get – I'm just going to kind of jump a little bit, and, and, and if you don't sure, want to, sure. let me know. No, but that's fine. When you, how do you hear about Outlands? How did that all come about? Okay, so I think I, I've told this story before, but um, I think it was New Year's Eve, and um, I think I was drunk, 
And so, you know, I just like when I get for whatever reasons, like, you know, you drink, you the nostalgia bug, whatever. So I yeah. hopped on Google and, you know, did like Ultima Online, ran through a couple of discords, came to um, Outlands, the Outlands Discord, popped yeah. in there. And I, I think actually I was kind of mouthy. And I think I got banned like shortly thereafter. But <laughs> I, I think Owen, Owen, and he probably this is his biggest regret to this day. I think he unbanned me like two days later <laughs> yeah. because this is this was so early in their beta production. I mean, they couldn't afford. They had like there was fifty players in their Discord. Right. They couldn't afford to lose anybody. And I keep I was kind of a, like a big name back then. They're like, oh shit, it's chill. We you know we might want him on the the team here. Right. Um. So yeah, he let me back in there. And uh, it was kind of smooth sailing from there. I helped beta test. I did. I did a significant amount of beta testing for U Outlands, and uh, those guys on that administration team um, hate giving me any credit for it. So why did you choose to like do the beta? Like, explain a little bit more. You know, because if you're not being, and I'm just going to be frank with you. You know, and if you're not being paid to beta test, like, why was what was your driving reason? Because I think what people don't realize is, I mean, yes, you helped, but it, it seemed like you helped them in, in a very big way where you were in the weeds, you know, figuring stuff out. What what kind of like why? You know, what was your motivation? So the reason I like to do that, I like to put my footprint, um, my prerogative, you know, on these servers as they're being crafted, like with clay. Yeah. So for me, they, they had this um, – you know, I think one of the things I instilled in them was I did like mountainless PvP better. And so they, you know, they kind of ran with that a little bit. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have to send you a screenshot, but I, I used to dunk on Luthius. I've got so many screenshots of me and Axel or me and Baca, <laughs> you know, sink dumping on Luthius. Um, yeah. So that, that was my main contact. You know, I, I did a lot of the faction struggle um, testing. And then, you know, that was, so that was my main thing. Um, just, you know, wanted to give my input for the PvP there. The other thing, and, and Owen, like, hated me for this, so we kind of already started off the wrong foot. I was a big fan of Circle of Transparency. I've played with it since 98. I refused to turn it off. And so I would submit so many tile bugs where, like, a tile doesn't make sense or whatever. Yes. I would kind of bombard him with that, and they would make him furious. I mean, the guy absolutely hated the fact that, I'd find all these obscure tiles that just didn't make sense or were empty or the coloring was wrong. I mean, cause he did do a good job on, on building a, a, a beautiful world. But yeah. There were tons of, you know, map bugs. I mean, map bugs everywhere. Um, no, it's an probably, ambitious effort <laughs> to say the least for sure. And I will say um, the tiles definitely are still an issue. In some areas. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. So um, the beta testing. Okay, so let's see. There's some other things that I did. Um, I just tested the mechanics. And uh, I what gave What was your input. thought? Like, what was your thought? Pro? Like, did you like what you were testing or like what? Well, you know, I would check in. I'd, I'd do a little bit of testing, you know, a couple days here, come back two months later or here and there. Okay. And some sometimes I would test more frequently, but um, they used to have this you know development pipeline, and it'd be um, the map making aspect was just taking so long. Um, you know, it was this lasting like 
we thought that the map maker would never get finished. Did I know it was going to be a big success? I mean, there certainly was a lot of hype. I mean, no other server in free shirt history took that long to develop in beta. Right. Not at all. I mean, so they, they were the first that did that. So people did appreciate it. There was some buzz around it. Um, and some friends of mine, you know, were talking about it. But just based on the effort they put alone, the amount of time, I think some people were looking forward to it. So what, you know, as you've seen this thing get created, you know, like my opinion in talking with, you know, Luthius and, and Owen, you know, a while back is, you know, I kind of see why certain things are the way they are because, you know, at heart, these guys are not PVPers, right, at all. And like not in the least bit. And I feel like you really see that represented in the world. Is that a fair statement? Oh, man, don't get me started. Um, so Owen is a trammy. Just plain and simple. Sure. Owen is a trammy. Luthius, um, he's more of a, a fighter, a PvPer. Um, you know, he understands that people get killed, and that's just the way UO is, and sometimes it, it fucking sucks. Yeah. It's just the way it is. And, um, you know, the game's meant to have pain upon death. I mean, this isn't. Wow, this isn't AOS. I mean, there's no item insurance. You know, we're all fan of the Falukan rule set. That's why we're here. Yeah. But, um, you know, so Luthius is a Dexer. And I would say I feel like there's more mages than there are Dexers in PvP. Um, and so I'd say that Luthius might be a bit clueless. Um, one of the guys they enlisted to help them with the mage PvP was Pax Remain because he was there testing with me and the other guys. Okay. So they... Pax Remain had a lot of input in as well. He's one of the most famous duelists. Um, and so Owen's completely clueless. He knows how to make a beautiful map, you know, and, and people give him credit that. Um, you know, probably doesn't know really how to be a community manager or, or necessarily be a, a good or decent admin. Um, but I think, you know, most people have come to realize that, you know, Owen is a map maker. He owns a server Probably not the best admin, you know, and probably lacking as an admin. Luthius, excellent coder, um, probably maybe will go down as the goat of coding yes. for Ultimate One servers, but um, mess, not really plugged in with mage PvP or group PvP. Um, you know, not not that it's really his fault, but I mean, overall the the PvP experience on Outlands is lacking. And that's where they're gonna. That's where they're gonna get hurt down the road. Is that when you walk away from um, Outlands PvP, it's not. A, it's not really even nostalgic. There's so many new things like hamstring. Um, I'll just. I'll, I'll just tell you, it's, it's frustrating. Is the experience? I mean, <laughs> I'm just. Yeah, you know, dude, it's, uh, it's not good. I'll tell you. You know, out of every, and I haven't obviously played every free shark in existence, but. You know, in terms of Ultima Online, I, I tell people this all the time, that the time to live in on this shard is so high, it, it, at times it's almost ludicrous to try to kill someone one-on-one. -on -one. Like, and I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, I mean, it, it, there's no para, there's no stun, you know, so it's, yeah, obviously you get paralyzed, but you know what I'm saying? The fencers can't, you know, stop people physically. There's no stun punch, so... It really like fights can last thirty minutes. <laughs> I don't know. Does that make sense to you? 
here are my two big issues. Issue number one, it's not nostalgic. It doesn't feel like the PvP I've been doing for what twenty years now or whatever, how many every years? Yes. It doesn't. It doesn't feel right to me. Um, it's you know it's too custom, and, and everything's just like too weird. It just feels off. It doesn't really make sense. It's not really um, intuitive. And you know, number two is just that um, you know it doesn't. It's not fun. I mean, people just don't really enjoy it. Um, you can't go from that server. If you get good at that server, you go to another server, and it's like you have to completely relearn PvP. It's not transferable. Right. So if you get to be a really good arena duelist in there, you can't take that experience with you. That's only good on Outlands. As a matter of fact, it's actually detrimental to go to get good at Outlands PvP and then go somewhere else because the timings are weird. There's insta-hit. T2A is not nearly as popular as UR PvP. Right. And so that that's kind of frustrating to me is like as a 5X guy, and I'm a famous 5X dueler, you have poison, and poison is your bread and butter. You know what I mean? Yeah. you got to poison them, and then you have to interrupt them, right? And on this server, you heal through poison. Poison is – almost worthless you know what i mean yes it is um, it's all it's all about timers and timing your weapons making sure you equip weapons at the right time it's almost like dexter dueling i don't like it but um i think the uo community by and large has agreed that it's not quality pvp and like i said that might be outland's biggest fault is that it doesn't produce a quality pvp experience well and, and i think truly it's a farming simulator you know they have done a unbelievable job at the grinding aspect of the pvm side like they've clearly you know have some intense systems that we've never really seen thus far and at least in my opinion on a custom server that really forces a player to grind for a very long time to get what they want you know what i'm saying yeah. And and I think too, you know, one of the things that excels at is some of the the gold, you know, I would say sinks, right? That uh they have help, but in the reality this is UO. There people are going to hoard money, there's nothing you could do, but I heard and maybe you can uh, help fill in the blanks. Someone said back in the day there was a, you know, a gold dupe on Outlands. What's the scoop on that? Did you know anything about that? Which which gold dupe are we talking about? I mean, I don't dude, know. If, uh, if Outlands had a, if Outlands had a uh, Achilles heel, it'd be that you know they uh, there's a new dupe gold dupe every week, dude. I mean, you talk about so for example, right? Angel Island ran from 2004 to 2014. There were gold dupes on Angel Island, sure. Yeah. But they had 10, 10 years to fix them. Right. So do you, you better trust and believe that a server that runs 10 years has most of the gold bugs taken care of. Owen goes in like a, a baby, brand new, like, you know, with just this optimistic feeling that the players won't cheat. Well, I got to tell you, Outlands has was the biggest issue of any free server of gold dupes. Wow. Probably, I don't know if it's because the gold is transferable to, transferable to real life wealth or what it is, but... They just have so many systems um, in place, and then the the thing is, the gold, the, the the systems that they use to track gold are not effective. So that's right. number one. I don't know if it's the frequency in which these systems run. 
they're not good about catching these dupes, right? Second of all, they didn't go back and, and read some of these ass chopper websites for gold dupes. <laughs> like they had guilds like Money Guild that specialized in finding bunches of gold dupes. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know if it's that players don't respect Owen or, or what it is, but there have been numerous gold bug, gold dupes on Outlands. Um, I was involved in whistleblowing, maybe the biggest biggest gold dupe, which I'd be happy to go into in a little bit. But yeah. Outlands is the economy there is trashed. You know, Owen, they're not doing a good job of protecting the economy. Um, they're like lambs to slaughter when it comes to gold duping. If you want to dupe gold, go to Outlands because it's super easy. Well, and, and I'll say this, you know, for a lot of people that are listening, you know, there is a black market for gold. Like people are selling gold for cash. I will tell everyone that. I mean, that's, you know, it's not some yeah, any secret. You're There's right. a black yeah. market, everything in the world. Yep. Right. You know, so I know that's occurring. And, you know, I think, and it was funny. I was, and it's funny you mentioned Ash Chopper because we play with Chopper. He plays with us. I mean, it's just, you know, awesome guy. But I was talking to him the other day and I'm like, you know, I told him, I was like, it's so weird. And even in my, my, you know, talk with Manfred, my last, I mean, hell, just listen to my last episode. I mean, there's people that have dedicated their lives <laughs> to exploding, right? Um, but like, I'm like, it's really weird on, on free shards. We don't really hear about bugs or like exploits. And, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm not, maybe I don't have my ear to the ground, but it's like, you don't really hear it publicized. Like, hey, we caught... You know, because OSI still, by the way, to this day, will say we caught so many people abusing this, and we've banned this many accounts. You know what I'm saying? Like it seems oh, like you could get a, banned real quick in OSI, dude. Yeah. And sometimes it wasn't even just, but I mean, they they were sticklers. Um, you know, and people when you pay for an account, when you pay twenty dollars a month, you don't want to get banned. They, right. So there's kind of this you're incentive laden not to get banned because they could just ban your IP too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was one of those deals where you put all this time and effort in these accounts. It's not like here where you can just go through on a VPN. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's actually – you would lose out on money if you got banned on OSI. Oh, well, and I, you know, there have been speculation that you know that has been fueling some of the real-life cash sales of gold on Outlands is – yeah, and probably some of these dupes that you've been talking about. Who knows? I mean I think it's a bit naive to think any game – any system's not going to be exploited to shit, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just human nature to find exploits. You know, it's human right. nature to take shortcuts. No, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, it, it's going to happen, right? There, there's no doubt in my mind. And I, and I think it's uh, it's very interesting that that kind of like the – because I know a couple of my guild members have caught 30-day bans for just – random stuff it, it, it doesn't and this is my opinion is it doesn't seem consistent in in the way people are banned why they're banned to me i don't know from the outside yeah if you don't mind um do you mind if i go on a tangent here yeah let's do it so so and this is kind of feeds into your your gold dupe um some people, some of the listeners here have listened to my previous podcast on Inside Outlands episode, Chilling with Chill, and to kind of take it over from there, my name is Chill. I'm the guild master of a, a large guild called Legends of Darkness, a.k.a. LOD. We dominated Outlands. 
more or less, I beat anything you can imagine as far as guild competition on Outlands. I have the only player uh, statue um, for reaching 5,000 prestige points. Um, and so, you know, we, we kind of, I kind of beat that server. When I beat the server, um, I actually kind of lost interest in UO. I took a break. I left Fealty on, you know, in case I decided not to come back to UO. Right. And I set up a steward. My steward was Delphi. I put Delphi in charge. So I made that decision because I felt like it was in the best interest of LD moving forward to put him in that position to where he could lead in my absence. If I, and, you know, and I left Fealty on in case it never came back. Sure. Um, I took after after getting the first Omni, the first guild, huge leads, dominating every kind of end game content, dominating Corpse Creek competition. Not only were we dominating PvP, we're dominating uh, the bosses, anything you can imagine. You know, we crushed all the other guilds at launch or within the first year, um, fairly early in the server. And so I, you know, I took that break. Um, you know, when I came back. Um, I was actually already fealtyed out. So okay. I quit UO. I quit UO before um, I got fealtyed out. And I had some issues with what Delphi was doing. I had some issues, some character issues with what I saw. Okay. Um, and that leads into this gold dupe. So it turns out that Delphi orchestrated the largest dupe of gold and other items in the server history. Whoa. And he was banned because of that. But the amount of time he was banned, I think it was like a week, maybe was it a month? No, I think v- come on, man. No, seriously, dude. I think v- How much gold are we and- talking about? Like, like, let everyone know. Like, what are we talking like a million? Hun- hundreds of millions? Wow. I mean, dude, I think the, the thing I heard was 87 times they were able to do, what, like a T10 or T8 boss, whatever it was. <laughs> oh, so they were just doing it over and over and over again. Um, and funny enough, the story goes that Floob was actually intimately involved in that too. Um, I, the rumors that Floob's gotten banned for for gold duping—that's why he's <laughs> banned right now. Some some would say Floob might be the most notorious gold duper out there, but um, so he was actually an LOD. Not a lot of people know this, but Floob was an LOD at the very end before I retired. I had Vton, I had Floob, I had everyone from Money Guild. All the best players were DMing me to get in. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I guess I, I lost interest in UO. I'd already beaten it. I'd already achieved everything I wanted in UO. Right. Um, so anyways, uh, the character deficiency in Delphi. So Delphi sat there and orchestrated the largest dupe in history. And I got I have an issue with cheaters, man. I worked hard on the server for beta, trying to, you know, produce a, a decent server. And Owen's kind of, you know turned his back on me and drifted towards Tremel. You know, I think a lot of the guys that give advice to Owen um, have quit or he's banned them because we're toxic for the community, the Falucan players, you know, the wolves <laughs> right. of the community. So, you know, actually it's a funny thing is, so a lot of these beta testers, we came together as a group and we were going to stage an intervention for Owen because quite frankly, he was acting like a little bitch, dude. And wow, uh, he okay. was banning yeah. every, yeah, he was banning everybody, man. Um, Axel was banned from Discord and Donald Trump. I mean, basically, he <laughs> turned his back on all the guys that, that helped build a server. Right. Um, yeah, so anyways, Owen decides to only ban Delphi. And, and um, I find this out through a, a staff connection who I, I won't name in here, but 
I feel like I, I've shown you a little bit of proof yeah. in my DMs pictures-wise. Right. So I find out through a staff connection that this gold dupe's taking place um, and that was that Delphi was behind it. And this is so fast. Like, I hear about it before the admin does. And right. I have other players than the guild like, look, dude, like, I, you know, I've got morals. I've got ethics. I can't, you know, I don't want to go through with this. This is fucking shitty. You know what I mean? Damn. So all these players, yeah, all these players are messaging me like it's a it's a shit show. Owen's trying to put raps on it. He immediately mutes me on the Discord, so I can't tell everyone, you know, hey, there's been a lot of dupe, you know, a lot of gold was dupe. He, he's trying to keep it secret. So I get muted in Discord, you know, banned on Discord. I, I'm talking to him in, in person. I sent you the conversation. Right. More or less, he tells me, yes, there has been a lot of gold you know, duped. Um, I don't feel like telling the community about it, but I will ban you if you tell anyone about it. And sure enough, if there's one thing that I'm good at doing it, it's running my mouth. So I absolutely tell everybody and there's egg on Owen's face. He's pissed off. I'm kind of a dick to him in DMS. I get banned just for really being a dick. You know what I mean? And that's the story of how I get banned really because I just had an issue you know, if LOD is my, you know, so to, if it's so to speak, you know, the, the child of my creation, if I create LOD and some douchebag wants to run its name through the mud, there was some issue with people selling guild cloth, scamming people. Yeah. And then the, the guild master is the head guy for the biggest dupe in Outland's history after I put that much effort. Yeah, that's where I had an issue, man. Right. So, you know, for him to only catch a... 30-day ban tops for the largest dupe in history. That's a bit of a joke, dude. But that was that was my um that was my end on Outlands there. And um, you know, I just came back recently and I'm playing Angel Island now. Um and I've got a I've got bones to pick with a lot of other server admins too. It's not just Owen, trust me. I, I would love to talk about some of these other admins as well well and and you kind of bring up um an interesting point that you know i i truly don't understand some of the um mechanics and outlands because like I, and here this is this is my one i think thing that they could do better is like just to report stuff you just have to dm someone hoping that they reply you know i i can tell you like i've dm'd owen a few times on things that i've saw and i've got nothing ghosts like not that I don't know if he's read it. I don't know if he's, you know, just said, screw it, right? Just just no response at all, right? And I think the communication there is lacking because let's let's be real. We all know this this is UO. I mean, drama happens, toxic shit's gonna happen, sure. But it's like to just act all like everything's fine, well, we all know it isn't, right? And and this is my opinion, and it's been this way, you know, from the beginning, that I truly believe Outlands is a business first. It is. And, oh, yeah, dude, for sure. And, and and I'll be honest with you, I'm actually okay with it. They've created a product. They've done it. And, and if people are willing to spend money, then you know what? Screw it, right? That, unfortunately, that's the, <laughs> that's the day and age we live in, right? The cash shops are king. But at the same time, what you're going to see with the business is – to your point, the wolves and the PKs, right? They're not buying prevailing coins, right? I mean, that that's my opinion. It's the blues that are doing that and spending, you know, money. So 
you know, one could say it feels like, yeah, blues get a little bit more, you know, treatment than the reds. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I agree 100%. Here's my take on the State of the Union right now, 2021 free servers wise. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a, on a limb here. So there's only one free server and only one admin who is necessarily like a, a nonprofit. He doesn't operate really even covers on costs. He operates losing money. That's Adam Ant. right now in the beta phase. There's not even a donate option. You cannot even donate if you wanted to. This wow. is somebody that's using his own money to get you a right the way it's supposed to be. Owen, on the other hand, I mean, I don't know. Where's he putting all this money? Is it, is it underneath his mattress? Or does he have offshore? <laughs> do you have offshore accounts I now? I mean, dude. So this was the this was the big fear for a lot of guys is that you have a really successful donation shop, which you know people are getting money for anything they donate, they can get gold for. So more right. or less, you can spend money and get it directly. With one transaction after you do it, you're just basically buying gold in game. You're so buying that was always, of gold. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That was always everyone's biggest, biggest fear. And, you know, Owen's a master at hiding stuff, master at hiding his slight changes to towards Tremel. You know, he's a master at hiding these, trying to hide the fact that, you know, people can translate their money in real life to things in power in game you know what i mean so it, it does have an aspect of p2w pay to win there is that aspect in outlands so right now the only the only server that you can rely on that has really and it's it is to the admin's own detriment is angel island he's not out there to make money now later on maybe he'll accept donations i don't know i i think financially he's doing pretty good he doesn't need the money um so then you have another um famous server Ultima Online Forever, which I think has the most notoriously um, <laughs> yeah. bad, you know, pay-to-win <laughs> donation shop, and it just kind of makes me throw up my mouth a little bit just thinking about it. Um, not only does the the server admin Shane have a terrible reputation, but um, you know he also has the aspect that that's probably been the most notorious pay-to-win server in the history of um, well, free service. I, I, you know. I'll say this, man, publicly that yeah, I, I I've reached out to uh, Shane. I've sent carrier pigeons. You know, hell, I, you know, maybe I should send him a postcard. I don't know, but um, I have offered him countless times to you know come on here if he wants to clear any air, just or just to even speak about UO forever. You know, this platform is open. Um, I, you know, I, I've not even got a response either, yes or no. So, um, you know. Take you know, take that from what you will, but I, I I truly believe that Outlands is what Shane kind of wanted on a mass scale, is my opinion. Well, dude, I'll tell you, man. Um, chill, LOD. I've got no problem calling people out. I back my shit up. Um, number one guild mass of all time, probably the, the top five X or at least from 2017 on. You know, I'll openly invite any other guild to compete with LOD on Angel Island. Gluttony from EQMS, you can come get some. You know what I mean? Bobby, you want some smoke? Sure, I got plenty of it. Nobody can stop LOD. Nobody can stop me in this game. You know, very, very rarely do you find a true master of the game. And, um, you know, I don't want to pump myself up too much, but I just, you know, if I can dominate Outlands 
as thoroughly as I did, I can dominate any server in the world. And if anyone wants to take the crown off my head, they can come get it. I'll call out any server admin, any guild master, any PvP guild, SOF, Zergi, Trash, Ice, Trash, Calm. You want some? Come get it. Angel Island, buddy. You know, I'll, I'll take I'll take anyone on in the free server community. You can come from OSI and get some, dude. Doesn't I, matter to me, man. I will say, I think that, uh, you know, we almost need to record that. Just immediate, I need to make you like a little like recruiting video just with that. Because that was a really, that was a good promo. And I think this is why I love the PvP scene. I love, you know, the shit talking, the... This game is just there's no other game that I've played, man, that like has the egos that has the I don't know. Like I just I love it. I love every second of it. And um see so you mentioned calm. I've been trying there's only one calm guy I wanna I talk to, which is Sir Bart. He's the only one that I I feel like is perhaps from the old school calm days. Um but Calm currently is a disaster, by the way. Don't don't even they're. <laughs> I think it's an embarrassment of what it was, um, but uh, but yeah, I think Angel Island is going to be a very interesting to see how this comes because, uh, to your point, man, it's twenty twenty one. It's summer. Um, you know, population overall is down. Um, th this usually happens in the summer. Pandemics ending. Um, the question is, you know, who can. Who can hold on to the population game? You know, that's kind of my question. Yeah, Angel Island has a huge base. Like, I think I said uh, 11,100 registered users. And they have that on the email list. When, and when Angel Island server comes back up, you know, when it reboots, you know, people will install UO or install Discord. I mean, these guys even had Discord before, but they'll install UO, like, anytime. You know, they, we've got a fervent base. Yeah. Um, of people who feel passionate that this is the best rule set in UO. And we know it's not going to turn into a, a snowball of Tremel like Outlands did. You know what I mean? Where yeah. Owen, Owen starts with this solid foundation of Feluca and slowly over time they just go straight to Tremel. You know what I mean? So you know what you get when you get to Angel Island. It's not for everybody. You know, if you're a pussy, you're probably not going to like Angel Island. It doesn't have the best quality of life updates. Um, it's a tough server. Someone will kill you and res kill you and dry loot you. And that's just the way a hardcore Falucan server is. Yeah. Um, but there's there's a lot of hope in that, um, you know, if you want to play UO with um, the pain of death, you know, without um, feeling like a little sissy girl, then I think Angel Island's right for you. Yeah, I'm interested. I mean, what really caught my eye was the no mounts. I thought that was extremely interesting because I was just trying to conceptualize, you know, how the hell do you PvP with no mounts? Like, how, it's just, it's a different fight because, you know, I don't know, in my mind, there's not a lot of off-screening, you know, at least as much as when you're on a mount. I, I don't know. Yeah, there's not nearly as much off-screening. It forces... You know, players, especially in one-on-ones, you get a lot of quality one-on-ones, and that's something that you never get anywhere else on the server. You get a lot of quality one-on-ones, and players have to fight. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, sometimes you just can't get away. So you, you're almost guaranteed a fight on Angel Island. You'll get a lot of one-on-ones there, which has a, a really good nostalgic UO feel. Um, but, you know, the population is going to be really big for Angel Island. I'm going to go ahead and call it now. Um, you know, it's, 
it's not nearly as trammy as Allen, so it probably won't beat Allen's, but it's going to have a bunch of people and there's going to be a lot of action. Yeah, I think too, you know, overall, a, a server launch is something special within itself, whether it has, you know, damn five people or 500. There, there's, there's something magical about it. I personally, I will say I've never done a server launch. I don't know if it's just been, you know, crap timing or, or whatever. I just, I've never done it myself. Um, and, and I've always been interested to do that because I think that first like rush, right, is just, that's something magical to me, at least in my mind. Can you confirm that or what? Yeah, so you'll get a lot of that, that um, you know, that dopamine rush, the nostalgia when you play Angel Island. You'll have the feeling you did back when you played 98 because there's, there's not neons. Right. Um, there's, there's classic housing. Don't even get me started on custom housing. Oh my God, it looks so ugly. So there's no, there's no, their custom housing is if it fits a medieval era, if it fits the immersion, then the, the actually the owner will build it and he, you'll get a profit, set of profits if you design it. Um, and you design it on the test center of the server. And so we've got hundreds of like, you know, houses that would look era accurate, that look medieval, that they have a nice feel to them, and they don't look like a bleeding eyesore like UF houses are hybrid houses did. So you get the, a lot of classic feeling from the housing as well. Right. Um, really everything. It's a, there are some custom systems that I like to talk about. One of them is player ran cities. If you have enough money, you can put a city, you can build walls around it. You can add vendors to it and guards. So you, for the first time in, in your history, players can make their own cities and you can come in. If you're an invading force, you can come by and you can lay siege and destroy their walls. So that, wow. that's a pretty cool feature. There's also breeding, like a Gregor Mandel breeding, so where there's gene traits, and you can make and spend a lot of time making some very powerful um, dragons by breeding them correctly. Hmm. The, other, the other cool things is that for factions, you have monsters that can fight alongside you. Every dungeon's um, is connected to a certain faction. So, for example... Wind is related to like a council of mages type deal. So anything that's a mage spellcaster, if you're in that faction, they can help you if you're in that dungeon or um, you used to be able to hire those guys with you. Just like you would hire, um, you know, the guards in factions on a normal server. Right. Um, and so you've got a lot of these cool features. I think another one's the Angel Island prison. So, the red punishments, it's a huge deal. So reds on every other server, either they run loose or they get nerfed in the ground like outlets. Right. So in this server, if you're a bad boy, you go to prison. So they'll when you die, you've got the option to take stat loss or go to prison. When you're in prison, when this you know the, the population will be good, you'll get in fights with rival guilds. So you'll be fighting with a prison shank and stabbing, you know, another rival <laughs> guild member in prison, if you can imagine that. You'll be stabbing them in there, and uh, you have the option to, to break out. You know what I mean? You've got the option to farm and bribe some guards. I mean, I'll let you guys figure it out for yourself, and maybe there'll be a promotion promotional video or two that'll come out. But there's some really cool features out there. And I, I look at the other servers around. I look at um, U of Renaissance, and they've got um, fake population farming silver. Telemons, Ben Stein, no charisma there. Um, you know, look at a server like UO ages are you a gay jizz you know mm -hmm. that server right there doesn't have it doesn't have much going on 
Then you have you evermore, more like you nevermore. Um, you I don't know, think so that I ever think, caught on, did it? Like, yeah, well, I, I'm kind of just going with it. But right now, I think right now Angel Island's the server to play, and um, I'm gonna. Uh, that's the server I'm playing. I'm bringing my guild there, and um, I'd be more than happy to, you know, stop anyone that wants to, to come take the crown from me. So, no, man, yeah, I, I think that that's. Uh... An incredible promo. I'm, I'm very interested to see how Angel Island does. Um, I think the one thing I will say is I did see like new people that have, haven't played UO clearly in a very long time on Discord, which kind of gave me some hope that, okay, my opinion is I think Angel Island is going to be there for a very long time and there will be people playing. Will it be the 2000 you know, we saw in Outlands? Probably not, but this is my other opinion. I feel like that golden era has passed us. I, I don't know if we're going to see 2,000 people anymore just based on what's happening in the world. Everyone's getting back. You know, like, I, I feel like that was a golden era that we, that has passed, is, is my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but, um, you know, I'm very interested to see how all these, you know, free servers kind of pan out. Because, you know, to your point, I think, Joe, you know this, that, there's only a, a finite number of UO players. So it's like you start splitting them so much and it's just you're, you're splitting hairs that it doesn't make any sense. But um, I think Angel Island is an exception in the fact that there is, like you said, um, a, a decent enough population that will keep it, you know, running for a long time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, but... All right, man, we're going to wrap this up. Um, is there any other parting words or anything that, you know, you need to get off your chest um, before we wrap up here? You know, I just um, want to clarify that I left Outlands on top after I beat all the competition. And I, I did quit because I was tired of UO. And uh, I was relieved of duty due to inactivity. And I'm okay with that. Um, but I just, you know, want to clarify that I beat every other guild on Outlands while I played and left my guild, LOD, which has been renamed Face Guild, um, hyphen, underscore, hyphen. Oh, they're Face they, now. I didn't they know are the, They're still the number one guild. So I built I built a guild and at, at its peak had over 450 members. Wow. And was dominating. I built the foundation so strong that to this day, they are still leaps and bounds ahead of every other guild on the world's biggest server. Just so kind of just put that in perspective. And still, I'm the only player with the player statue. So Now, okay, and let me ask this too for everyone listening to clear the air. Are you banned today on Outlands? You know, I don't think I am. Owen, when he found out that Angel Island was releasing um, another rendition of it yeah he actually had another player reach out to me and wanted to discuss terms to come back and i hit him up and he basically said you're unbanned uh, but just don't make the same mistakes and i guess the only mistake like and that kind of was salt and open wound for me because um you know here's what i do i i speak my mind you know and for him to say you can come back but just lay low or be quiet um you know, when I was wrongfully banned for opening my mouth, that's kind of, I was like, well, you know, go fuck yourself. So I actually <laughs> did come back. I think I am on banned. Uh, I don't know. There were rumors that I was spamming the Outland server in oblivion, 
which I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny. So maybe I'm banned again. Who cares, dude? Either way, I'm on Angel Island now. Got it. No, no, I'm just curious. I like to clear that up. Um, but hey, uh, thank you very much for hanging out with me, man. I, I sincerely appreciate it and I hope you had a good time. Yeah, I had a ball, man. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir.